Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Sean from Fight Core Fitness in Cape Coral, Florida. What's up, Sean? How are you today? I'm great, Bree. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Glad to be right. with you in the beautiful sunny south compared to where you are right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been on my mind a lot lately. I'm not going to lie. Just kind of picking up and moving south. I, I don't know if I can take another winter in Rhode Island, but that's that's a whole other conversation. But the summers in Rhode Island are awesome. So you just got to work hard enough for that. They are, but they're just so short. They go by way too fast. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started in the fitness industry? Kind of give us the, the shortened version, if possible. <laughs> if there is a short, it was a long, long time ago, um, back before <laughs> your parents were born. Um, uh, so <laughs> we were still using stone tablets. Um, yeah. no, so I started, <laughs> I, I got started in the industry because I was a fat kid in gym class back when I was 11, 12 years old. Even had somebody, uh, a teacher tell me, a PE teacher tell me, Phillips, you're fat and worthless and always will be. It was kind of a wake up call. Um, yeah, exactly. It could have gone one of two different directions. Um, right. But, <laughs> we ended up um, yeah, going the, the way of uh, kind of fitness. Um, so I've been doing this since uh, uh, really um, went to Penn State. I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, and uh, ran my first uh, kind of health club. Uh, started in 1985-86 and uh, have not looked back. Been in the same industry for the, the last 40 plus years. So, nice. uh, so that's how I got started. Ran the largest YMCA in the East Coast of the United States, so dabbled in the public domain, and then, uh, yeah, then then jumped out and um, uh, just full fledged into you know all sorts of different types of health clubs, from smaller ones to mega clubs to um, again our the YMCA was uh, three hundred fifty thousand square feet, um, and we closed down a couple of private clubs in town because we were tax exempt and able to do stuff that uh, they weren't able to do. So yeah, different rules. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so what do you like better, I guess? Do you like the kind of bigger corporate model or do you like more so what you're doing now better? So um, as, as you could tell by our offline conversation, I, I'm uh, even though I've done a lot of corporate stuff, I'm not a corporate kind of guy um, mm -hmm. just because... Um, to me, um, we live by the motto of always do the right thing. And a lot of times you get stuck in corporations um, and organizations that just don't allow you to do things because they have policies and procedures. And well, that's not the way we're built. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, we never want to say we're sorry to anybody. We just want to do the right thing all the time. Um, and mm -hmm. so in the fitness industry, I, again, through the years, I've seen a lot of people stick and not necessarily do the right thing by the member. So my favorite thing right now, um, even though gone from, you know, running multiple countries and multiple, multiple clubs and, in, in the, you know, the, the high hundreds to, you know, kind of right now being a one man band and I'll take the one man band any day um, or the smaller boutique where you really, really get to know your members. Uh, and mm -hmm. that to me, it's the same reason why most teachers get into teaching. You know, it, it's definitely not for the money, um, <laughs> but for the uh, the love of it. I always laugh at the, the whole teaching thing. And it, 
you always i don't laugh at teachers teachers to us are heroes um and if, if you look at a list of the top five people that influenced your life and if one of those isn't a teacher then i'm sorry for where you went to school because you probably just didn't have the experience that you needed to do and if you're homeschooled that's great it's probably mom or dad or, or somebody else that you're you know um in with so um but yeah so so to, to long answer to your short question um give me a smaller more intimate environment where we can really make a change with people and they can go out and make a change with people etc cetera, etc cetera, and really really get to know your people is more right. important because people always ask what's your biggest competition it is to me it's not other health clubs it's mm -hmm. not other other boutiques it's life life we're in competition with little johnny's soccer game with your, you know, with date night, with all these other things that are going on in your life. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, you got to be good enough to make your exercise a priority. Um, mm -hmm. And in the fitness realm, as we spoke earlier, you know, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Um, I, I don't think enough people are, are, I call it distinct or extinct. Mm -hmm. And uh, choose which one you want to be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what's that? I said extinct is never good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, within the facility that you currently have, how many members are you serving? Uh, right now we're serving 250 members. So we're really small, low key. We're mm -hmm. we're $159 per month for unlimited classes. Again, from your background, you know kind of kind of how that goes. Uh, but we're in a mm -hmm. sleepy little you know town of 200,000 in Cape Coral, Florida, where you start looking at demographics. Uh, you know we're a little bit different than a lot of places. If you uh, open up a map of Florida and said, "Hmm, where should we build our really unique, cool, different concept of uh, of boutique fitness?" That's a total body workout that everybody can do, um, but is eighty percent female. You probably wouldn't pick Cape Coral, Florida. But we wanted yeah. to be somewhere we could prove the model. I also lived in Cape Coral, um, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we uh, we've done that now. And uh, now it's uh, onward and upward to uh, you know different demographics, but just the simple fact that we're 80% female in a facility that's called Fight Core, um, and that's yeah. what's weird because when you have something called Fight Core, um, and by the way, 100 females. We did a marketing uh, research uh, on trying to figure out what should our logo look like, what should it, and um, 100 out of 100 females out of a, a four choice thing picked. The military stencil logo, which was super surprising. It never had yeah. that happen. So, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, kind of like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think women look at it as like uh, it's empowering, you know? Um, so I think that that goes a long way. With and we use the word I badass a lot. What's that? Sorry, we use the word badass a lot, and it's yeah. because our it's because our members use it, not because we think we're all that. Because our members yeah. are like, like a badass in here, and so we, we we in fact we had to teach Facebook to know that it wasn't a swear word, and now we use it every single day, and don't don't get you know strikes for it, so which is fun. Right, that's good. Okay, cool. So as far as marketing goes, and getting the word out there to serve more people. How are you going about doing that? What does marketing look like for you? So marketing looks like, and, and it's, it's funny because uh, we, whenever we look at anything, we, we set up what we call an isochrone. Uh, everybody will talk about one mile, three mile and five mile concentric rings around their facilities. And um, mm -hmm. one thing I've learned in my 40 plus years in this, uh, 
people don't buy in rings. They're like, oh, sorry, you're outside of my two mile. I can't go there. Um, yeah. So we, we draw a dot, we drive every single direction, um, and we plot a point after um, 10 minutes and say, all right, and we have people that drive 20, 25 minutes uh, plus to come to us because we're so unique, but that's not what we think is is our absolute thing. And they just start talking about natural barriers and things like this, but our, our market comes from um, about 10 minute drive time all around where, where we are. And that could be you know, 10 minutes to the north, um, you might be able to drive 10 miles. So mm -hmm. those people may be 10 miles away from your facility. So um, that's, kind of a little bit weird. So our marketing turns into um, kind of a mishmash. Uh, you know, we've got 70 plus uh, thousand followers on Instagram now. We've been really pushing uh, some Instagram stuff, um, staying a little bit away from Facebook, but still, you know, diving in and out of that. But we also do print ads because we're not competing with as many things in your mailbox as we used to do because everybody was like, oh yeah, social media, social media, everything's going there and everything's gone digital. Well, not everything's gone digital. And so we do some really high-end coupon books and other stuff. We don't discount our prices. So we're not always, and, it, and it's the funniest thing that I see about um, just being out across the world in the fitness industry, coming back to the United States after 18 years abroad and kind of laughing and going, wow, you know, we, we now live in a commodity-based world of fitness pricing where, whoa, no, it's like eight minute abs, eight minute abs, no, five minute abs. And yeah, yeah. And same thing with pricing. It's like, well, hey, you know, you start looking at, at Planet Fitness and Crunch and you're like, no, we're 10 bucks. Oh yeah, we're 9.95. You're like, oh, get over yourselves, people. It's, I mean, it's to me, as long as you are, hey, people, if you're giving people results and it's a place where people love to come, then price doesn't matter anymore. But we're so indoctrinated in the United States to think of price, 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 price. We'll do anything for price. Where's my discount? What I can I do? Let me right. And so um, all of our marketing is not based on price. It's based on come in, experience what we have, and then see. So a ton of our marketing right. is all referral based. It's, it's member get member. And so our members will bring their friends in and, and we have, again, because we have so many women that are in here and, and super empowered women, super strong women, women uh, because of the muscular endurance and the other things that we do here, there are women that, that literally bring in uh, their significant others, their male friends and other stuff and be like, Bob, I bet you can't do a workout at Fight Corps. And they're like, hey, you're calling me out. And then they come in and they're like, holy crap, she's you're right. right. Yeah. And, uh, but um, so so our marketing is really kind of all over the show, but most of it is is word of mouth, word of mouth. We're small enough and we just push our, our members want their friends to come in and experience what they're doing. And because we, we call it the transformation nation, we um, and you'll you can see our testimonials, but we have people that have been members for three months, but have been members of other clubs um, out there in the world. Um, some of them with with colors in their names and others that, that say, well, hey, I was a member there for three years, but I got more results in three months with you than I did in three years there. Um, right. and, you, and you don't lock me into a contract, Sean. That's really cool. Um, but our average length of stay um, is really good. Um, and we again, people will leave because we have a lot of people that, that live up north and come down. They may be snowbirds here in this area mm -hmm. um, and live up in Rhode Island for part of their time and then come back down here. Um, uh, and um, so, so we get repeat visits from people and um, most of our stuff, um, again, from the marketing side of things, we stay local um, and uh, most of it's word of mouth. So we're most of the businesses know us, but everybody in the fitness industry who says, oh yeah, yeah, everybody knows us. We're a huge club. We're the only club in town. Unless you're thinking about health and fitness, 
chances are people don't know you. And I think we right. fall in love with ourselves way too much in the industry. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that when you stop marketing, you're dead again, distinct or extinct. What are you doing that's mm -hmm. different than everybody else? And, and, and how are you getting that across to people? And to us, we love up our members like crazy so that they go out and tell people we have these things called badass passes where I just hand them out like candy where other people are like, oh, well, we're going to discount your first month or we're going to do this. We stand on our laurels. We don't discount on purpose so that people we never want somebody in our club to say, oh, well, Bree, what are you paying? And all of a sudden you say, well, exactly. I'm paying this and you find someone else is paying different. You're like, Wait a minute, I've Wait been a member minute. since day one. You got a group mm -hmm. on, you bugger yeah. Sean, what the hell? And you, and then you're like, well, and all of your trust is gone at that point. Yes. So you, you don't, homie, don't play that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that, yeah. And what you said about pricing earlier as well, um, you know, it's like a race to the bottom. It's like everybody wants to have the lowest price, but provide the highest value. And it's like, those things don't go together right there are so many gyms that want to provide everything for their members but then want to compete with planet fitness right down the road and charge a low rate and then it's like it's like a badge of honor well our prices are only x amount of dollars a month what i look at it is you know people perceive value with things that cost more you know so if something costs more like the old saying you get what you pay for right it's true. It's always true. If you're paying a higher rate, you're going to get a higher level of value. And I think a lot of times people kind of get it twisted between trying to compete with Planet Fitness and they own a smaller boutique style kind of facility. And the two things are just, it's like apples and oranges. They're yep. not the same. And then they're trying to compare them and be the same. And I always say, you know, if you've got a plan of fitness right down the road, then that's good. That means the market's there. They did their research. There are plenty of people within that area that are looking for what you offer. Yeah. and That's I, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much a product of every, there's, there's plenty to go around. Again, in the yes. fitness industry, um, depending on whose figures you listen to, Ursa or whoever, 15% penetration into the marketplace it, you know globally and you think what are we doing wrong like everybody's like oh look at us are we great we used to be like 11 percent. now we're 15 i'm like <laughs> why aren't the other 85 percent wanting to know and then i say how right. many people has, as a percentage of the population how many people have been through a drive-through mcdonald's you're like okay it's a lot higher than 15 percent. it shouldn't be but it is so why right. aren't tell me why the 85 aren't coming and then what we do, instead of becoming, so you see so many sales organizations out there, like, oh yeah, well, that's why, because at Orange Theory, we sell it. This is how we do it at Crunch. We sell, 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 sell. Well, we decided, and at Fitness First, what we created a long time ago, like I was telling you earlier, um, at Fitness First in Europe, we're the first people on the planet to do no contracts. We have people go, dude, you're, you're hoes. You're never going to make it. You know, we went from, you know, kind of six little health clubs to 600 plus health clubs in 22 countries. And we're the first people with no contracts. Like people, mm -hmm. it was month to month, right? And we, and now if if I call, we don't even have a thirty day notice to cancel. If life changes for you, why should I make it hard for you to leave? If I make it, so but but yet we've closed the back door. So what we decided to do was concentrate on the back door first, not the front door. If you can close the back door and create an experience that's like no other, people aren't going to want to leave.
And then if they have to leave, because remember, we're competing with life, not with the health club down the road, right? If somebody's like, ah, God, you know what? My situation in the world has changed. I'm now moving or I'm now doing. Why ever piss somebody off when they walk out your door? Always, we always say after a workout, what, what we do, no one ever leaves in a bad mood, right? Because of mm -hmm. the type of workouts and what we do um, and, and the world that we currently live in, which is a lot of fun. Um, we are, but the same thing with your membership. You know, we offer, you know, single class, you can do a five class pass, you can do a 10 class pass, but that's not what we live and die on. We live and die on our membership base because we make it simple. People are like, oh my gosh, well, it's so much cheaper. I should just do the 159 a month. Do, you know, we have a heroes membership that we do for nurses and for teachers. So we mm -hmm. try to take care of the underdogs out there in the world. Um, and so people will argue, they're like, yeah, the nurses get paid too much now. And blah, whatever. But those guys are, yeah, exactly. Um, but they do all the work for the doctors and other people like that. And yeah, um, have been kind of pooped on from dizzying heights for years and years. And so we try to take care of those guys. They're the only people that get discounts and everybody knows we're transparent, it's on our website. So it's super simple, um, but um, that's, so we close the back door. So keeping that experience yeah. up so that people are like, I can't leave because I'm not leaving my friends. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we do things um, that are a little bit different than others that, that keep the sociability of it uh, up so that you meet mm -hmm. people very quickly, no matter whether you are the fittest person in the world or you've never worked out before in your life um, and they coexist in our environment very, very mm -hmm. easily. So, Yeah. Yeah. I like that um, plugging the back door aspect, you know, because a lot of people really focus on only lead generation, you know, and it's like always about just getting more people in the door. Whereas if you focus on fulfillment and retention, you know, it's a lot cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. So once those people are there, if you really focus on keeping them there, I mean, industry average is three to six months lifetime for a client. That is not a long time. Uh, so if you can focus on really fulfilling and providing that high level of service, getting them the results that they're looking for, that's huge. Results make people stick around. Um, so as long as you can do that, then chances are they're going to stay for longer periods of time, but that's an ongoing process. You know, that's something that can never dip. So that's really where a lot of your attention should be. Uh, of course, that's going to bring more people in as well. Um, and it's always good to have multiple poles in the water as far as getting more people in the door goes. However, I think a lot of people kind of forget about that and only focus on the front end. 100%. We've got one of the things that we used to do at Fitness First all the time was uh, we figured out uh, what the average length of stay was for every single one of our clubs. So we will always be able to watch and that better keep growing as a club gets older. Um, mm -hmm. And if it ever started to dip or, or level off, we're like, oh, hold on, we have a problem at that club. We need to go fix um, before there was actually a problem at that club. Um, but what we would do is, is go figure out anybody that didn't use the club. So every Monday, um, all of our GMs got a, um, a list of any of the, what we call the 10 day non-users. So anybody that hadn't been in the club in 10 days, got a phone call and mm -hmm. said, Hey, Brianna, wh wh where are you at girl? Like we mm -hmm. miss you. Oh, I've been on vacation or I've been there. I was, I was just there on Tuesday. Ooh, wait a minute. Now, now we find out, Hey, 
do you have your membership card? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. So now we find out, well, maybe somebody wasn't you know, checking you in or somebody knew you. So now we have no record of that. So, so we could go address right. that and make sure that, you know, um, we could do it. But if you hadn't been there, let's say you went on a cruise, you were on vacation or whatever, then it was another chance for us to get you back in, maybe even get you with a personal trainer or somebody like that to get your next visit in. So, so you got, cause nobody joins any formalized fitness setting thinking they're not going to use it for 10 days. Nobody does. Right. So, but it, the industry has always been like, oh, we sent him a postcard after a month and said, we missed yeah. you. It. it had a really cute puppy dog on it. So that'll get him coming back. Right. Really? <laughs> um, and so you've seen it all, all, you know, over the years. And so you, Hey, talk to them. You know, your members better than anybody get on the phone and tell them that, and people are so shocked that you call yeah. them. They're like, you care because the average consumer is thinking, well, uh, because of other large volume commodity-based clubs, they were like, well, I, I thought you would have taken my money and not cared if I ever came. Like, isn't, right. that, isn't that how all health clubs make money? Yeah. And, um, and that's the, you know, unfortunately we've, you know, kind of like scarred the consumer enough to get them that that's what yeah. they think life is. Mm -hmm. And we know it's for us, we always say, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? right. If you don't come in here and use it, you are going to cancel your membership. So for us, no contract it's really important that we make sure that our members know how much we love them how much we're involved with them how much we miss them if they don't come and we know a little bit about them as well so mm -hmm. we make it personal so that it may not just be about their workout it might be about hey how's your mom doing how's your you know such and such and so everybody's got a story everybody's got a mm -hmm. reason why they're in and as long as you hold on to that reason and keep reminding people uh, of you know their commitment and we use the words dedicated and commitment a lot um, and mm -hmm. commitment is one of our we have we have five pillars uh, that, that we go by and they are respect belonging commitment progress and pride because um, everybody wants to feel a sense of belonging um, and so uh, we kind of laugh in the fitness industry at, you know 20 percent of your members join and never use the club but they're a card carrying mm -hmm. member they're like yes cool same people that buy the self-help books but never use them well, I kind of went through the, uh, you know, the front page and I saw the chapters and the content, so I'm good. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, but on the shelf, it goes. Um, and the same thing with members. Like, yeah, no, I joined. I never use it, but I joined. Um, and then right. you have the other 20% the other at the other end, which are the people that, that join and are there every single day. And mm -hmm. every staff member knows every single one of those people. They're like, oh, Bob, how you doing? Because Bob comes up and knows Brianna. All right. Right. So like, hey, mm -hmm. You don't have to go talk to them. They come talk to you. But that's exactly. what most places that don't get it in, in the in our realm and others will spend all the time with those people. Well, you could punch those people in the face every time they come. They're intrinsically motivated to work out. They're coming anyway. Right? Yes. No matter what you do to them, they's coming. All right. So so those are 20 percent at either end. And I always mm -hmm. go, well, what's happening with that 60 percent in the middle? Mm -hmm. right, what I call the fat kid in gym class or the, the scared guy or the no, that grumpy guy over there on the recumbent. No, nobody ever talks to him. He's not grumpy. He's scared to death and no one's looking right. after him because nobody onboarded him correctly. Nobody told him it's okay to not. Yeah, be. it's good. Or maybe right. maybe you were in a CrossFit box and you had to, you know, you, well, we, you know, we're doing onboarding today. And you're like, oh, God. So I'm now labeled. I'm a beginner. I'm the guy that now I'm not, I'm not, you know, making a, a slam at CrossFit. The only thing I have against CrossFit is that when you talk about community and you bash the box next to you, you lost me. So stop it. There's enough to go around. Love everybody. And yeah, mm -hmm. we, there are people that we pass from what we do. Hey man, I want to do a lot more strength, like hardcore. Here we go. Here, 
go mm -hmm. go see our kids over here at this box that you know we have an affinity with and et cetera et cetera same with spinning same with other stuff just because why you know no 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 you can't go there no we we have the magic yeah. elixir no one else does yeah great yeah there is plenty to go around there are plenty of people out there that need fitness like you said plenty of people that we haven't even tapped into yet so <laughs> all right so now uh, i always love to ask about goals and big picture goals it feels like you're you've you've done the the big picture stuff and this is kind of on the other side of that but within where you are now what are you focused on what's the next thing for you so our next thing is simple we want to do not just prove the concept um, but to be able to hone in make sure that we've got the concept exactly where we wanted it um, we're look i've got people saying oh we want to build one here we want to build one there hey can you franchise this we been there, done that. We yeah. uh, will probably stay away from the franchise superhighway right now um, because we don't really, not, not that we're selling our soul to the devil to do that, but we're just going to go, you know, we'd rather open profitable clubs um, with really cool people. Um, mm -hmm. So we may do some joint ventures, uh, but we just, because of my background and being able to operate the number of, of facilities I have across the world, um, you know, opening up 10 or 20 of these is not, not, not really a, a big, oh gosh, I wonder how we're going to do that. It's, it's just a matter of going and finding the right people to get involved to go and, and do that. So, so that, right. that's next, next step is to grow a couple more locally and then see where that takes us. We've got people just because of my, uh, my, my connections across Europe. I've got people from the UK, Portugal, Spain, other places are like, come now, come and we're like, let's let the world sort itself out a little bit first. And then, uh, you know, we'll, We'll figure that out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So growth, more locations, but not on a huge scale, probably. A, and it's, hey, we'll go here. Somebody wants to go dump a ton of uh, you know money in our pocket and let, let's go and, and grow. Great. You know, will, will I rethink the franchise thing? If somebody said, dude, I love this. We got it. Then yeah. But it's, uh, again, I've, at some point in the franchise world, um, you're going to get in a situation where a franchisee is going to, you know, kind of fall out with the franchisor, no matter what you do. And mm -hmm. we just don't want to play that game necessarily right now. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely understand that for sure. Um, all right. So now one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? You've got a lot of experience in the industry in different areas. So what is one of the most important things that you think um, you've learned along the way or one of the most important things to keep in mind? If you love what you do and you're good at it and you have people that want to get involved with you or even if you're a one-man band, you just want to do it, but follow your passion. So many people are in dead end jobs, dead end industries. And when I say dead end, the industry may be great, but it's not your, it's not your purpose. Uh, that, that's a word that banded around a lot. Um, and figure out what works for you and your personality. Because what we find is that people are buying you. People are buying what you want. That's why there's some amazing personal trainers that are out there that, that are stock full. And there's other personal trainers who, who aren't. Um, yeah. And are like, oh, well, you know this. But if that's really what you want to do to me in life gone are the days i'm super lucky i've been in the same industry since i graduated and did my master's degree 
I just happened. That doesn't happen in, in the world. You know, no. you've done a few different things and other people, and you just go, whoa, but you tend to come back to the things you really love. You're like, oh my God, I really love doing this. Super, mm -hmm. go do that thing that is you love. But if you mm -hmm. love it, just go be the best at that thing that you can. A lot of people try to be everything for everybody. Don't. Pitch, stay in your lane. Um, I'm really lucky that I've had some amazing people that worked with me across the years at Fitness First who are now off and have their own franchise companies in, in you know, multinationals and other stuff. And it's so cool seeing as the old guy um, watching you know, these people in their 20s and 30s just kicking ass and doing mm -hmm. stuff because they followed their passion and stuff. Right. And they were like, yeah, let's go. And to me, just don't let anybody ever outwork you. Mm -hmm. it's, and, and to me, that's the thing. I'm 58. And the one thing I know is that no one's going to outwork me. If we're working out, you're not going to, I'm going to try till I die. And I yes. said, and so, and so many people in the world we live in are like, well, that's too hard. Yeah. Life is hard. Suck it up, buttercup. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But if it's hard, but it's what you love, then it's not hard anymore. It's just like, wow. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my business muscles on now by learning this, but to me, don't be afraid to fail. The biggest thing right. that, we, that, that made us successful at Fitness First is that we were making decisions at, at 100 clubs as if we only owned one. Because mm -hmm. people start having, oh, let's have a committee and let's do a test over here. And let's do, because you start getting into this financial mindset of, oh God, if, if it's wrong, ooh. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. but what if it's right? Holy mm -hmm. cow, boom. And so to me, if you got an idea and you got something, just be relentless. Yeah. And, and, and to me, patience, perseverance, people quit way too easily these days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, think, I think we've gotten soft uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and stuff that we think or is conditioned, that's too hard. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, did you die? All right. I know that's right. an over. And people are going to say, no, you shouldn't say that, Sean, because, you know, that's like, that'll trigger some people. Stop it. Yeah. I, I don't mean, did you die, die? I mean, did, did you learn something? All right. Mm -hmm. we'll rub some dirt on it. All right. Get back up. Let's go. Mm -hmm. All right. right. You now learned really cool and really quick how not to do something. You're like, oh, no, not that way. This way. All right. Exactly. Awesome. And that to me, fail fast is what I say. Mm -hmm. And just, just, Know your members. If you're in a membership thing, know your customers and know them, know them. And I think we're going to go into an age where people are so sick of being at home. People are yes. so freaked out by like we, I always equate it back to dogs. Um, an unsocialized dog, right? Isn't great. Cause you're like, I can't take my dog out. Cause it barks at everybody. And it's just, oh, right. Well, people are going to start being like that. Because they have yes. no idea. And kids that are being brought up who aren't allowed to be social because they've either mm -hmm. been bashed or they've been kept out of stuff. Uh, if you have a homeschooled kid, make sure you socialize them. That's all I'm saying. Make sure they're around other kids and they know how to act or because other kids will teach them how to act. Um, mm -hmm. It's like other dogs in the pack mentality. And I always laugh because I think humans are also pack mentality um, at times. Sure. That's, why you, that's why you get groups of people that are like, oh, have you ever seen five 
you know, five young ladies all talking at the same time. Well, that's that, you know, and, and men, you know, guys walk up and be like, oh my God, that noise, I can't hear it. But meanwhile, the girls are like, we can hear every word, shut up. We know we're guys have tunnel vision. They can, you know, and women have great, you know, they, so I always laugh. I'm like, look, we are a, we're a, we're social animals. B, uh, the group setting thing we like, I'm saying, no, mm -hmm. I'm a loner. I'm a loner. Well, okay. That's, that's fine. Um, so, right. but just do you and, and do yeah. The, the biggest thing is that I, I can say to anybody that's out there is just, man, just go for it, fail quickly. Because mm -hmm. I have the biggest, my biggest scare um, or that I'm afraid of is that people that go through life who win all the time. Mm -hmm. Because then when it comes that one time and they lose, yeah. they know how to handle it. And by losing, mm -hmm. I mean, oh my God, I got second place. Yeah, um, people get right. all A's their whole life and they're just used to it, which is great. Keep performing. If you can keep performing at that level, yeah. awesome, great. I love people that get great grades. I didn't get great grades, but um, I, I, I had other superpowers. Um, and, and so to me, um, everybody always talks about also, I think, so fail quickly is my number one advice. Number two is everybody's like, work on your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. To me, work on your strengths. Go find your yeah. superpower and mm -hmm. make that a superpower. Don't make it just right. pretty good at that, okay? Because your weaknesses, there are ways to, to help do those. A lot of people are like, oh, I hate doing the admin. Well, great, do that first, get out of the way. It's like eating your vegetables if you don't like vegetables. Get them yeah, out of the way, right. move on to the good yeah. stuff. But um, so that, that's it for advice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, fear holds people back more than anything else. Everybody, it's easier to just not try than it is to try and fail. Right. Yep. Because mentally it's like people have no way to cope with anything, no coping mechanisms. Everything's a huge deal, you know, where it doesn't have to be. It's kind of just part of life. You know, that's how you move on. That's how you figure out what you're going to do. That's how you take the next steps. But if you never try and you just end up in this place of just complacency and just being okay, you know, and that's, that stands out to me in such a huge way because that's, I'm afraid of that. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm afraid to just stay where I am and never actually achieve what is possible, you know? Yeah. And there are so many people that are just comfortable, just living the day to day and just going through life and just doing their thing, you know, but it's like, there's so much possibility out there and so many things that you can do. And there are so many people that want to do things, but they just don't because they're afraid. Yeah, so. and I, we, we live in a world of fear right now. We're bombarded yeah. daily by a bunch of different, you know, fear mongering of all sorts of different sites. And, you mm -hmm. know, I, I won't go into detail on that. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, but yeah. you've got, mm -hmm. and with that, um, just uh, to me, raise your vibration. Don't live in fear like you were just saying. Yeah. Don't just, it's, it's, it's some simple stuff and it's easy to talk about. It's harder to do, um, mm -hmm. but we'll make bad decisions out of fear. But if you walk yeah. through life, hey, what if you walk through life thinking, I, yes, I will right. accomplish this. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, nothing's impossible. Let's go. All right. Right. Um, and hey, you go back into the 50s and you look at Roger Bannister, who, you know, the four minute mile, and people are like, oh, it's impossible. The human body can't do it. And then all of a sudden somebody did it. And that year, yeah. you know, there were, uh, you know, hundreds of people that broke the four minute you know, mile barrier. And then, oh, okay. And to me, Get out of your head, get out of the stinking yeah. thinking, stay out of fear, um, mm -hmm. and 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 you'll rock. And so, yeah. But also have fun. Have fun. Yes. We take ourselves yes. way too seriously. 
like mm -hmm. um, newscast, um, you know, you're not going to make it out of this world alive. So, right. uh, but you can, you can make it out of this world thriving. So go have fun. And if you're not giggling out your butt at least one time a day, I mean, when's the last time you laughed like a child, right? right. By the way, you learn to laugh before you learn to talk. Mm -hmm. So to me, we should go back and revisit that and laugh more than we talk. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, you can find us on social media at, at fight, F-I-G-H-T underscore core, C-O-R-P-S. Uh, you can also um, find us uh, on Facebook at, at Fight Core. And um, you can go to our website, which is fightcore, C-O-R-P-S dot com. And remember, core, it's not corpse, it's core, um, because <laughs> like, like Marine Corps and uh, like uh, uh, Peace Corps, core, the word core, C-O-R-P-S, is the, the meaning of core is a group of like-minded individuals all working towards the same goal. So that's, that's what we do. But yeah, you can find us on Instagram um, and you can kind of see what we do. And uh, yeah, come join us. But we're also, again, I, I mentor a bunch of people across the world. And uh, um, anybody that wants a, a, a free and kind of uh, unusual look at uh, kind of the world, and I've kind of tempered it down a little bit today <laughs> for, for you guys. <laughs> um, just because, look, I've been doing this for 40 plus years across the world. I still have the same enthusiasm that I had when I was a, a mere youngster. So to me, yeah. If you have that, that enthusiasm for anything you do. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So Sean from Fight Core Fitness in Cape Coral, Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for uh, letting me bend your ear. Appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Ian from the Um Young Do in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show. Ian, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Super excited to sit down and have a conversation with you today about your fitness business. But before we really dive into that, let our listeners know what it was that you know got you to this point where you're running your own gym. Um, well, first off, I, I started coming at uh, my fitness business from more of a, a mental standpoint. Um, I was in a pretty, you know, bad place in my life, and I wanted to improve uh, that place. Um, I started from, you know, I was in college. I wanted to get into uh, counseling, psychology. I wanted to try to be a, a mental health counselor, but I realized that I wasn't a strong enough person within myself to be able to help those 
people through whatever it is they were going through. So I decided to try martial arts training and uh, here I am almost a decade later. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you found martial arts. I think like it's important for all of us. Like when we, you know, we find something that not only helps us physically, but it helps our mental health as well. That's so important um, for myself. Like I was always super active in high school, college, playing sports, and then I, you know, became an adult, I had a child and I was like, okay, well, what do I do with my life? Right. Like I mentally was not okay. And then that's how I got started in my fitness journey and CrossFit. And it like, it really changed things for me. So I love to hear that, you know, it was the same thing for you. Um, so Ian, what I would love for you to do now is just give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you guys are, the services that you provide, the whole nine, that way, you know, our listeners kind of have a picture painted um, moving forward in this conversation. Yeah, sounds good. So Umyeong-do is the original martial arts school to teach eight complete martial arts as one. Uh, we teach Tai Chi Chung, uh, Kung Fu forms and, and styles, uh, Bagua Chung, which is a, like an internal meditative walking martial art, uh, Aikido and Hapkido, uh, Japanese and, and Korean uh, both uh, Yudo Jiu-Jitsu, uh, so joint locking, throwing, um, more close range, close combat there. Uh, samurai sword, so we, we teach like the, the, um, the Korean style is called Gondo, but you can also think of it as a Kendo. That's another like popular Japanese sword uh, form. And then we teach uh, Kong Sudo, which is essentially the Korean version of Japanese karate, which most people are familiar with. And then we also teach 18... Uh, Chinese weapons. So it's a really comprehensive system of martial arts, all working together to uh, balance out the human mind and body and, and the condition in general. And we also teach this eight martial arts system through a four level teaching kind of tier system. As uh, a main instructor here at this location, I am the lowest level instructor. Uh, and I teach just your daily lessons, memorization, coordination, basic strength and flexibility uh, to the students. And then I have a higher belt. Uh, they range from fourth to fifth degree black belts. And they teach how to link all of the martial arts together uh, in the, on the curriculum to provide a, a more rounded understanding of how it all works together, even just physically. And then there is the third tier, which are the national instructors, the sixth and seventh degree black belts. And they teach more of the application, not only the physical application of the movements, but also how all of the movements help your condition mentally and how you can use the different understanding of the curriculum and even um, you know, more advanced training techniques to kind of build oneself more holistically. And then there's the master level teaching team. So the eighth, ninth, and even tenth, sometimes 10th degree black belts that everybody has the opportunity to learn from. And they teach really specialized uh, forms that include something called, uh, they're called key movements or key foundational movements. And these movements have been developed over the centuries to help the human body and mind kind of uh, unstick itself and to be uh, more capable than just your average day-to-day -day exercise and involves, you know, whole body movement, certain ways of thinking, 
those sorts of things. So it's a very comprehensive system, including eight martial arts and, and four levels of instruction. Wow. Okay, cool. So we got a good idea of, you know, the type of fitness that you guys are teaching in your facility, but is it all group classes is like, what's the format there? Is it semi-private? Is it private training? Like if I was somebody interested in coming to the facility, what different kind of services available can I take advantage of? Oh, great question. Yeah. So we start out with three private lessons because as you just as I just said there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to kind of get your handle on so we do those three private lessons to help new students kind of get a grasp of uh, you know the culture and the protocol like the the way of of carrying oneself in the school of how different movements affect their body and mind um, you know the first levels uh, like beginning movements of the curriculum so those three private lessons just are a great introduction and get everybody rolling. And then after those private lessons, it's all group classes, whether you're, you know, you've been training for a couple of weeks or a couple of years, everybody's in the same class, but going through movements specifically for their level of understanding and ability. So new students will be just doing, you know, basic punching, basic kicking coordination, whereas uh, the higher belt, the students have been training longer, will go through more advanced movements, more complicated and complex movements because they've been training longer, they have a, a better understanding. And then there's also private lessons that are offered. You know, if, if a student is like, oh, I'm really struggling with this particular form or this, this particular body problem, I wanna work through it, then, you know, they're, they're encouraged to set up a time with myself um, and kind of work through, I can give them specific things to help them work through those issues. And then, as I was saying, all students and instructors have the ability to learn from um, all levels. So they can take uh, a regional level seminar, which could be a private, semi-private, or even a small group class with the regional team, the fourth to fifth degree black belts. Same thing with the national level team, even a deeper understanding and, and more complex movement to help increase development. And then the master level team is, is definitely um, it's, it's either private, semi-private, or even small groups. And I, I've been to instructor conferences where there's like hundreds of us and one person teaching us. It's okay. pretty powerful. So, yeah. yeah. That's totally cool. Okay. So if I, you know, if I were to bring you in a client who was interested in, you know, losing 85 pounds, is that somebody that you would be excited to work with? Would you be able to work with this person? Oh, absolutely. Right. There's there's movements for for everybody and somebody who's looking to lose uh, lose that weight would start with just kind of just moving their body. Movement is one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves. Even just going for a walk, you feel the difference if you're sitting on the couch all day flicking through Netflix as opposed to just going out for a walk for like 20 minutes, feeling the fresh air, feeling the the, the sunshine, you know, getting out into into nature. Moving is just so powerful. So they would start with just some basic movements, basic kicking, trying to move all of their, move all the stagnant stuff that's been kind of built up because obviously carrying around that much, it's heavy, you know, you get really tired. And so we love to, even if we're not trying to lose that much weight, we just get kind of stagnant. The mind gets stagnant, the body gets stagnant. So the more that we can just encourage that movement, it starts to improve and it's like, okay, you've gotten this level of flexibility and strength, you know, from where you started to now, here's the next step. Now doing these more complicated movements, these more um, 
you know, endurance level movements. And the people have, I've seen some really miraculous changes in that just, just trying to move the body. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like, this is something that I think a lot of people might be scared to approach, right? Because it seems like a skill that not everybody can do. So mm -hmm. my question to you, Ian, would be within your business, how do you reach that clientele that might not know that they're capable of, you know, doing something like this? Because from the sounds of it, anybody can do it which is good for your physical health. And from the sounds of it, you're learning discipline and other things that help you mentally, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you reach that person? You know, maybe somebody that's sitting at home needs to lose 85 pounds, like I said, or maybe somebody at home that's struggling with some form of anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. How do you reach them and pull them into your, your facility, your studio, um, and essentially change their life? How do you do that? Yeah, that is a great question. And over time, what you know that all of the instructors in Umyeongdo have have discovered is that the word of mouth is one of the most powerful things to help kind of connect people because there's that one person that's like oh man I've always wanted to try martial arts okay fine I'll try it and then they come in they have that experience of like whoa I'm like reaching my goals I'm reaching beyond my goals I'm doing things that I never even thought I could do this is awesome hey buddy you should try that right? That is how I've gotten actually a fair amount of my family to, to sign up and train for themselves because I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like I thought I was going to learn how to kick and punch. I'm like doing things with my life that I never thought I would do. I'm getting my life together. Like, Hey, best friend, you should get in here. Hey, girlfriend, get in here. Hey, stepdad, get in here. And you know, all of those people were struggling with mental health issues with, you know, physical, you know, um, ailments of some sort or the other and they all took it to whatever level they they could but they they got a result from it so the word of mouth is one of the best things that that i've found and also just having having regular promotion going out just saying like hey there's this thing come in and try it just try it try a month see what happens see how your life changes and as you as you know from you know the, the fitness world, like everybody's trying so many different things, and I've I've had people who literally tried everything else. You know, I've had people who are have you know so much stagnation in their lower body that they're getting like ulcers in their legs, and then they come in and train, just start doing some kicking, some stretching like that, and their ulcers are gone after years of suffering from that. And so having that kind of a, a strong result. And then those people sharing that result has been the best thing for, for our, our business. That's awesome. So, you know, that's something that's a common theme here on this podcast is hearing that businesses have good word of mouth, right? Because yeah. if ultimately, if you're taking care of your clients, Ian, which it totally sounds like you are, they're going to naturally go out into their community. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell, you know, the people at the grocery store, like it just happens. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's two types of gym owners. There's a gym owner who's in this to help people. There's yeah. a gym owner that's in this to make money. And then there's some people that kind of fall in the middle. I would definitely say I'm more of the person in the middle. Yeah. For you, which side of the spectrum, what do you say that you're on? I, I started on 
the helping people side. That is literally like, I wanted to be a, a mental health counselor. I wanted to help people. And obviously mental health counselors and social workers, they make no money at all. Right. So I, I didn't really care about it. But then of course, you know, oh wait, I need to eat and I need to pay my rent. <laughs> so I guess making money is, is important. Um, and then it's also like, well, actually, you know, I would like to drive a nice car and live in a nice house and take my fiance out on nice dates and get her things. Um, and so I, I've shifted from the side of helping people to the middle where it's, it's important to, to make a living and make an income. And especially when you're in the business of helping people and coming from the side of helping people and people see that, oh wait, this person has, is making their living helping other people improve their lives and they're driving an Audi. That's cool. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> Down that road. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like, for me, I definitely, you know, I got down this path. I got into the hospitality industry originally because I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to help people. That's a people mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And then I got into the fitness industry and I was like, oh yeah, I guess change people's lives. Like my life was changed. Now let me help more people. But then I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, being able to provide for my son. I wouldn't mind like a few years down the road to be driving that Tesla that I've dreamed about since yeah. the car came out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think like for you, we're kind of on that same path. Right. And obviously the more people that we're able to help, the more people that we're able to reach, the more realistic those things like the Audi, the Tesla, those things become. Right. right. Um, so for you, you know, you have excellent word of mouth right now, mm -hmm. but how would that change things for you? If you were to, you know, able to reach somebody who might not know somebody who already goes to your facility, like if you were able to reach people at home that didn't really know that, martial arts was something that they were capable of do you right. feel like that would be beneficial for your business oh absolutely absolutely because again like you said nobody unless you're already like a fan of martial arts and you like you know jackie chan movies and you know uh, all those tv shows everybody was obsessed with martial arts especially in like the 70s 80s and 90s um then you just don't think about it you just think like oh i should go to the gym or i should buy a treadmill or i should get a peloton and they don't, that martial arts is not on, on their radar, uh, especially in mostly Western cultures. In Eastern cultures, it's everything. Like you're, you're kind of like, you're, you're going, you say you are sent to college and you learn Taekwondo right off the bat, or you learn karate right off the bat, or you are sent, you are literally sent by your parents to a Kung Fu school before you go off to like, you know, high school or college. Like that is a standard in Eastern culture um, because it's been around for centuries, for thousands of years. Uh, and it's just now, you know, in the last 50 years that mar the martial arts and the deeper, the deeper understanding of the benefits of martial arts has come over um, from there, um, from people like, you know, our, our grandmaster of the school as, as well as other uh, martial arts instructors, and especially people like Bruce Lee making it really, really popular. So, uh, there's a long way to go in, in terms of, you know, getting that understanding that martial arts is an mm. excellent and proven way to improve one's mental and physical condition. Uh, so if any, if that understanding could continue to, to grow 
go out into people's lives that don't even think about it, that would absolutely improve every martial arts instructor's business. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, you know, you can do, if you truly believe that and you believe in the ideology there and, and everything, like that's something that you within your business, you can kind of share, right? Yeah. Um, you can be the location that serves, you know, a large population of people, different abilities, different mm-hmm. sizes, different shapes and, and changing mm-hmm. people's lives. Um, so right now within your business, what percentage of the people would you say are just general population kind of people coming in to see that kind of fitness result? Yeah. Um, 80 to 90%. Okay. That's just, amazing. Of just people like, I need to change my life. I've tried so much. I need structure. I need discipline. I need direction. I need a result. Okay. Come on in. And then there are the young folk, the young dudes and the ladies who are just like, yeah, I want to like kick and punch and like be awesome. (laughs) But that's a really small, and those people usually, um, once they really feel how much they can improve their lives, uh, those people typically become instructors. Um, But then, I mean, that's only typically because again, the 80, the 80% of the other people, some of them are like grandmas, some of them are people who I've really struggled through quite a bit in their lives. And they're like, okay, this, this helped me so much. I want to do, I want to instruct too. Like I want to help people like this also. Yeah. And I think that happens, right? Like we are able to change somebody's life. They make a complete 180 and then we're like, boom, you know what I mean? Like I I found this calling now I'm going to become an instructor. Um, That's, that's really rewarding when we see that happen. Like as you know, from our point of view, um, you know, have a client come in at a low point in their life, develop mentally, physically, and then, mm. you know, want to use the skills that they earn, learned to change more lives. That's so yeah. rewarding. Yes, it is. Um, cool. So next question I have for you is, what are you guys actively doing right now um, to grow? Like, are you looking to grow? How many members do you have? How many members would you like to have? And what are you doing to get there? Yeah. So right now um, in Pittsburgh, we've had some stronger um, restrictions. So up until recently, it's mainly been a, a lot of Zoom classes with a lot with you know some some people in school and that that is growing. Um, but right now we have around 47 uh, active students between uh, kids, adults, and seniors. And uh, to grow, we are just ramp- ramping up for the summer. We have, we found that, you know, events, there's a several events in Pittsburgh that you know, we'll get a tent, set up some, some challenges, be like, hey, try to do this many kicks in this much time, or try to hold this position for that long, and really get people to feel the movement, because again, they don't think about martial arts and like, how can that help me with my fitness? But then they feel it. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This could really help. And then we give them you know, a little elevator pitch to show them how to do it. So, or how it can help their lives. Uh, so events are, are huge and we've got some of those coming up. Um, we're kind of, we're constantly running um, free, free classes and uh, you're getting the word out about that. And even if somebody doesn't necessarily you know, sign up from that one class, that's a positive word going out into the community. Like, wow, these, these people really know what they're doing. 
their community is really encouraging and engaging. Um, the movements are unlike anything that I've ever done. <laughs> so it's, it, it, you know, the, running those, those free events in the school are really big. Um, and then right now, honestly, because I am, you know, the, the marketing team and the instructing team and the, the, the general business owner <laughs> organizing all the bills and things, I've just been running Google ads and that's been incredible because people just, they're like looking for martial arts specifically, you know, so kind of targeting a little bit there. Then they go to the website. They're like, wow, okay, this is really comprehensive. Okay. I'll try it out. And then they give me a call or set up an appointment. And so right now I'm focusing on building more of the instructor team around like under me so that when I can really, once they're set and they can run lessons on their own, then I can really focus on marketing, bringing people in. I can handle new students while, you know, the assistant instructors are handling more of the general lessons of the rest of the students. And so that, that's kind of how we're working on scaling at the moment. So I, I'm trying to build that team under so that I can really start pumping marketing and bringing, start bringing people in. Okay, so right now with the given team that you have, hypothetically, could you guys handle more than 47 clients? Right now, yes, we could, we could definitely handle that. Um, and that, that is growing. I've actually got you know, several appointments set up um, for the rest of this month. Yeah, um, but I am, in terms of like building things, I like to think of more like full preparation. So that when people walk in, they're like, okay, wow, this place is set. This place is like got a system going. They've got different people teaching. It's pumping. I mean, we had like, you know, in, in our small space, I think we're about, the practice space itself is probably around 2,000 square feet. Um, and it's kind of a bowling alley. So 15 people in that space is pretty packed. Yeah. Um, and we had that last night with a new student. So the new student was in the back going through a private lesson with me, looking at the other you know, 13 people over there, like, whoa, they're doing something crazy. That was awesome. And that's what I want to keep going because I had my assistant instructors yeah. running the warm up. So yeah, my, my approach is that build that system up under so that once more stuff comes on top, it's solid and it's not going to, it's not going to collapse on your. Yeah, totally. I think that's so important. So, you know, when we look at growing our business, you know, Google ads, they're awesome. The booths at the events, great. Again, that's going to help with that word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. In their their communities. But a way that a lot of businesses are growing in this kind of stage in in the world is through, you know, digital advertising and Mm -hmm. things like that, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and that's a great way to reach that client that might not specifically be looking for martial arts, right? They don't know that this is something that they can do. You know, that's kind of the common theme here. So have you guys gone down that route? Is that a route that you're looking to go down in the future? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are other martial arts, other, uh, sorry, Umyeong-do specific schools um, around the country that are doing tons of Facebook and Instagram marketing. I mean, especially with with uh, martial arts specifically, you're, you're looking at movement. That's what you want to look at. Um, you want to see how the instructors and the students are moving. You know, can they move with grace and strength um, and flexibility and all of that? So you have to demonstrate that. That's why, you know, face, Facebook and Instagram are a 
just a crucial tool. Um, and that is on my, definitely on my list. That's the yeah, next Yeah, for sure. Um, I, again, this is also why having a team under me is going to be important because I am so busy doing so many other things. I'm also, you know, planning a wedding. So it's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing so much. I, I don't have even the time to just video myself. I mean, I could video my, my practice, but, um, I just feel like just having a camera on like a guy going through some stuff is not as exciting as it would be if it was more dynamic and having another person behind the camera. So having that team under me will be able to say, Hey, assistant instructor, so-and-so, can you take a video of me doing this? Or let me take a video of you yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, totally. So yeah, that, the next phase is, is Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously I know that you're really, really busy, but we can kind of do things to make the marketing side of things pretty automated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of that content piece. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that there's already something out there that would, you know, work for you guys. Um, and I always like to touch on that because that's an area that, you know, gym owners are oftentimes a little apprehensive to try, right. The, mm -hmm. the digital advertising, cause it's a newer thing, right? Yeah. Um, so final question I have for you, Ian, before we hop off of here, you know, yeah. if you could have, you know, what's your goal in this business? Like down the road, you know, where do you see things going hypothetically? Like how many people would you be able to serve? Like paint that picture for us before we, before we part our ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my goal in the next three years is to have at least one other location, if not two, because we've got a good instructor team coming up and, you know, one person will be able to handle this school, I can handle another and another can handle a third. So my, my three-year plan is, is uh, three schools total. And um, after that, you know, five-year plan, maybe five schools within this area, as well as maybe out towards, more towards Ohio, um, towards the Columbus, uh, Cleveland area. Um, maybe even going as far east as uh, as Philly on the other side of the state. And then um, in my in 10 years, I, I have always wanted to, and I'm going to do this, is start a, a retreat center specifically for Unyongdo martial arts. Because as I said, it's, it's a comprehensive system with so much to offer. And uh, right now the master level team travels around, but it'd be great to have a place where everybody can travel to and spend a weekend, five days, 10 days, just practicing, um, you know, reading, meditating, eating good food, uh, using, you know, sp special herbal formulas that the martial arts have, have passed on over the centuries, and just kind of diving into, you know, their practice in themselves and, and their, you know, these life-changing things that people can do. So, you know, three years, a couple schools, five years, a few more spreading around the area, 10 years, um, an established retreat center uh, for, for this practice. I love it. Such good, big goals. It's not a small goal. I mean, this is oh. huge and <laughs> yes. I have the mindset to be able to get there. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. Where can our listeners go to find you guys on social media? Yes, yeah, so um, you can look up uh, Umyeong-do uh, martial arts just on, on Google, and, and you'll go to the um, you know the the website, the national website there. Uh, you can look up Umyeong-do on Facebook. Um, lots of great videos coming out recently from the national level teaching team, of just showing that movement as I was I was explaining, and then um, 
my our personal uh, Instagram here uh, in the Pittsburgh area is o umyungdo pgh. So o o m y u n g d o e pgh. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that with us, Ian. Um, and thank you for sitting here and having this conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, you know, for having me. For our listeners, I think we're able to provide value and that's the ultimate goal here. So for the, the listeners tuning in here, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you would like to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of Macon Iron Fitness in Lafayette, Tennessee, Brian Nichols. How are you doing today? Doing good, sir. How are you? I am. I'm doing fantastic. I am excited to hear all about making iron. So let's jump into it. Tell us in your own words what it's all about. Making iron is my dream. Has been my dream since I was probably 16. It's a 24/7 full service gym. We've got the weight room. We've got the cardio room. We've got the circuit room. We've got the uh, the fit room. We've got pretty much everything that you could want. We've got 9,000 square feet of weights, uh, hammer strength equipment, circuit machines, you know, ellipticals, bikes, treadmills, rowers. We've got um, we've got trainers that are independent of the gym. But it's been my dream to give my little bee town of Lafayette. We have a population of Macon County has a population of about 25,000. And so we're a small, small town, about an hour and 15 minutes out of Nashville. But it's been my dream to do this, to give us a nice, a nice place to go and work out and exercise and just get away for an hour or two from the daily grind of, you know, day-to-day stress and try to help improve people's health and, you know, their lives. Awesome, man. It sounds like you're doing good work out there. Give us a little bit of background how did this thing come to be? You, you've definitely uh, made a career shift to get into this, but, um, you know, definitely kind of total 180, but here you are, and it sounds like you're right, right where you're supposed to be in this world right now. Well, when I got out of high school back in 1987, I went and got a mechanical engineering degree 
And I worked as a mechanical engineer for two weeks shy of 30 years. On my 30th anniversary, or two weeks before my 30th anniversary, I got downsized from my job there. And, you know, that's how the career shift changed. I had wanted to open a gym, you know, pretty much my whole life. And in May of 2017, I opened Make an Iron, which was, at that time, it was 4,500 square feet. It was just a couple of treadmills, a couple of ellipticals, and just some weights. And January of 2018 is when I got let go. So I decided, I sat and talked to my wife, and I decided, you know, hey, you know, do I want to stay as an engineer, or do I want to chase my dream? And so we decided to, to do like Field of Dreams. <laughs> we blew the walls out of the building beside us, doubled to 9,000 square feet, tripled in the equipment. And, you know, my, my dream was, my hope and my dream was that, you know, if I build it, they'll come. And they have. They have came and supported us. And, you know, here we are. You know, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. And so, you know, I can't say enough good things about how blessed I am and how blessed making iron is. Sounds like you're you're really, as they say, living the dream out there, sir. So um, as far as the, the gym goes, uh, you've got you've got your um, your general kind of bread and butter services, right? You have open access, you know, people can come in and work out on their own. Um, you got some classes, you got some trainers who are contracting. And you also spend a lot of time in the day-to-day -day operations of the gym. So uh, give me a little bit of a breakdown. What are the main roles that, that you're playing in the gym on a day-to-day -day basis right now? When I walk in the gym at about a quarter after six, I'm a glorified janitor for about 30 minutes. <laughs> when I clean the gym, I clean the bathrooms. I try to sort the weights. I try to get everything ready, you know, get the towels washed. I get everything going uh, gym-wise for the day. Then at seven o'clock, I start training people. I have them at seven, eight, nine. Then I leave for lunch. I come home. Uh, my wife does the books and things through the day. I go back about 2.30. I train, I train people from three. Then I've got another one at 4.30. Uh, I get out of the gym about 5.30, and then I come home. Uh, you know, I have trainers that are not my employees. They're independent contractors, but they do a, they do a lot of training. Uh, they help me a lot. So, Tim Johns, Roger Carter, Matt Hudson. And uh, so they come, they're in and out through the day also. And then uh, pretty much I have either myself or one of my trainers uh, there from about six in the morning till about seven at night. And then about 7.30 at night, my daughter and a couple of her friends go in and work out from 7.30, 8 o'clock to about 10. So pretty much I've got somebody there that represents, you know, me just about the entire day. And then late at night when there's uh, people there, I've got a couple of kids that I've known for years that are the late night ones. So that's what helps me pull off the 24-7. Um, that's what allows me to go to sleep at night too, knowing that the gym's open, but I'm not there. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be able to get get some rest in there. And it is good to know that you feel like it's in, in good hands as much of the time as you can when it's when it's not, when you're not there. So 
Uh, sounds like you got some good people, you know, working for you there. Um, outside of the the general personal training classes, um, you know, general access to the gym, um, you've kind of stayed true to mostly those things and haven't delved too deeply into a lot of the ancillary services that some places do. Um, have you have you ever dipped your toes into the water of of some of these other things that you you might see other gyms do or do you feel like this you just want to stay true to your your bread and butter of those three main things well pretty much i'll stay true to what i've got i've tried to do other things you know i've looked at you know trying to sell supplements uh the classes you know the classes are by uh claudia sullivan but again she's not a nobody works for me except my wife and she, I probably actually work for her, <laughs> but I don't have any true employees. They all are independent, but they help me run it. But in a small town like Lafayette, you know, my membership for an individual is 35 a month. For a family, which is the, the, the spouses and their kids between 14 and 20 or until they get out of college is $60. You know, so if I tried to throw in you know, training or classes or anything like that, you know, all of a sudden I'm up to, you know, if I'm going to make any money, 80, 90, hundred bucks a month, people on the Fed are not going to pay that. They're just not. And, and that's fine. Uh, because I understand, you know, everything is, a, you know, like if you go to Nashville, a gym membership is probably going to cost you 50 or 60 bucks a month just for an individual. So again, I understand, you know, you go from Nashville to Macon, everything drops down. And so I realized what I, what I can do good it's what I'm doing now. What it would take to do extra stuff, you know, I just don't think I could, I don't think it would help me because when somebody walks in, and I've got a lot of high school kids, you know, they come in, $25 is, you know, a fortune to some of them. And that's what I charge, I charge high school and college 25 a month. You know, if I tried to charge them 40 or 50, they couldn't come. So I just, I try to, I try to make money by having raised them more prices, but drawing in lots of members. Got it. Yeah. More, more volume than trying, you know, than, than price on, on that side of things. Um, so when it comes to, you know, the, the growth that you've had, where you've gotten to, you know, to where you are right now over the past five years, what are the primary things you're doing? I know you're in a small town, so there's, there's a certain amount of word of mouth, you know, I'm sure a lot, you probably know, everybody or everybody that you know you know some you know know somebody that comes to your gym so word of mouth is going to be pretty prevalent do you do any other things to to get people to come in and join the gym well to be to be honest one of the biggest things and it's it's advertising i don't do a lot of advertising in the paper what i do is i sponsor teams i've got a little i've got a little nine through twelve year old making iron thunder softball team uh, you know, I've got my signs, you know, I've got my signs at the football field, which football is, is the sport in Tennessee and it's a sport in Macon County, the Main County Tigers, uh, you know, and in soccer is quickly catching up. I've got a lot of soccer players, but my making iron signs are at the, at the football field, the soccer field, the softball field, the uh, high school girls softball field, the track and field. Uh, You're I, tried to, I tried it. Well, I try if, one thing about a small town is they feel like, you know, if you, if you support other things, they'll support you. 
you know, if you, when you go out and you don't, may not even realize it, but when you see that make an iron sign somewhere, that's money that I have put, you know, basically gave to somebody else. And so, you know, when, when COVID hit, especially this came back to help because there was a lot of people that I had to close, you know, and there was a lot of people that still paid their memberships and, you know, and they didn't have to. And so you've got to go out there. And again, I told you a few minutes ago, the gym is going to sink or swim. Any business is going to sink or swim by its owner. And so if they see me out there trying to really help the community, uh, this is a quick side note, but one of the biggest things we do is we do an angel tree uh, at Christmas. And that thing started out where we did, you know, 10 angels, but we're up now to this past angel tree. We did uh, 65 angels. And so it's just little things like that because a gym is not like a lot of other businesses. You know, a gym is a mindset that you've got to get people to feel comfortable about coming in. And so if they walk in and they see a big Christmas tree, they're like, well, man, this is, you know, this guy's different. <laughs> you know, if they see me, you know, trying to do all these, these kind of things for the community, they think, well, there's no way I'm going to go in that gym and, you know, I'm going to feel bad because, you know, he's going to give us a good atmosphere. And that's what I try to do. Making Iron's a family. You know, I try to make everybody feel comfortable. And if they feel comfortable, you know, that's the hardest thing. Once you can get them in that door and make them feel good about being there, then you can really help them help them change. And then word of mouth, you know, again, when people see, they see me doing stuff, they're like, you know, well, you know, I'll give that place a try. And in a small town, that's, that's how, that's how I've done it. And it's been, it's been very, I've been very blessed. Yeah. It, it, it sure sounds like you're putting in all of the foundation, all the groundwork to, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk there. So when, when people do come into you, it's, it sounds like um, it wouldn't require a very uh, complicated kind of salesy process for people to come in and sign up. It seems like, you know, you, you kind of tend to keep things on the easy, on the simple side. Um, I think you mentioned that you don't do a lot with contracts. So what is it, what does the process actually look like? Someone walks through the door and says, Brian, I'm interested in joining. What do I do? Basically they walk in, uh, I basically show them the gym, I walk them around, I show them everything that we have to offer. Uh, you know, and I basically say, okay, if you're, you know, I give them the price and then I tell them, you know, I don't try to pressure them. One thing I can tell you that, you know, if you join today or you join three weeks from now or two months from now, it's the same amount of money. You know, I, I have never since I opened, I've never somebody walked in and said, you know, well, today we're running a special. And that's fine if, if you know, in a lot of places do. I just don't because I, I basically, it's, you know, it's boom. It's this, it's this amount, this amount, or family, it's this amount, uh, you know, contracts, Lafayette, you know, Macon County. I don't think I'd get a lot of people would come in and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, you have to join for a year. I probably wouldn't get one out of 10 because that's just not the way the mindset is up here. Uh, you know, I have people that join and they go literally they'll join and two weeks later, they'll text me and say, I'm, I want to cancel. And I'm like, you know, you've only been here two weeks. Then I've got people who've been here since the very beginning, been here with me five years. So, you know, people come and go in the summer. If somebody comes in and they, you know, they've got a kid playing travel ball, 
they're not going to be in Lafayette for two or three months. But when they come back, you know, they just walk right in. I don't charge a, a re-up fee. It's just, you know, boom, you pay for this month, you're a member for the month. And that's, that's pretty simple. I try, I try my best not to, uh, you know, when somebody comes in, I try my best not to, you know, basically make them feel like, you know, they have to sign up that minute. Because if, again, if I pressure them, you know, they're, uh, they're just not going to start off on the right foot. Got it. Got it. Now, once they are in and with you, you put a lot of thought into creating environment, putting things in place, try to make people as comfortable as possible to try to bring down the intimidation so that once they come, they stay. So I know we can't control everybody because humans are fickle. We change our minds about things all the time. But what are some of the things that you've put in place to try to make it as, as welcoming and comfortable as you can? Well, like I said, I started, there's a big wall between both sides of my gym and it's got three big, huge openings where I blew, blew out when we doubled. But the right side of my gym is three quarters of it is the, is the weight room. Just flat out all the basic dumbbells, free weights, benches. Across that back is an open area that we do. Uh, you, can, you can do your cardio stuff. Uh, in it, they do a, a fit class a couple of times a week. Uh, now, across the left side, I've got hammer strength stuff and a lot of just benches and dumbbells. And I call it like a, it's almost like a CrossFit type room where you can do a lot of that, but it's open with just dumbbells and where you can do a lot of your aerobic moves with weights and the hammer strength stuff. And then down that whole left wall is where I've got bikes, ellipticals, and uh, rowers where their back is to the wall so that again, they don't feel like you know they're being watched. Across the very back is the circuit room. It's in its own little room with all the, you know, the basic cable machines. The very middle of the gym is the treadmill room where I've got TVs and treadmills. And so what I've learned, you walk in that front door, you know, if you wanna go left, you go to the right, if you want to go to the cardio, you go to the left. If you want to go to the treadmills or circuits, you go to the left and then turn right. <laughs> and, uh, but what it does is, you know, a lot of people, when they first walk in, you know, they're, I don't know if it's, you know, they don't feel as comfortable seeing the big weightlifters. Well, you really don't see the big weightlifters because, like I said, they're in their own little world. And if you just want to do your cardio or run or the circuit stuff, which is pretty much your other half. You've got your half, they're hardcore weightlifters, and you've got your other half that are, they're the, you know, they want to feel better and they want to, you know, work out, but they don't want free weight. So they're in their own little world. And I found that that is one of the best things I've ever done because when, um, you know, it just keeps everybody feels good and they don't kind of encroach on each other also. All right. So, we got your background on the gym. We know what you're doing now. We we have an idea of the systems and things you have in place. Where where do you ultimately want to see this go? Whether it be with memberships, whether it be with size, equipment, services. What are the long term goals for you with the facility? Well, when we started in May of seventeen, we were in. We are. I'm hoping to be able to purchase the building this year. Uh, by purchasing the building, that'll let me do a lot of things to the building, you know, whereas renting, I can't. You know, my long-term goal is to 
I'd like to go in there and rework the whole building, kind of upgrade it. And I would love to, even my weightlifting area, I'd love to break it up even more into like a true power lifting corner uh, where that when some of these guys drop 600 pounds, it doesn't shake the, it doesn't shake the light bulbs on the other side. You know, membership, it's like anything. I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to see us at just one time maybe hit, you know, 450 to 500 members. Uh, you know, and who knows, when we first started, we had one member. And the most members that we've ever had was right before COVID at 400. And so I know it's doable. And uh, the numbers are, you know, they're coming back. They're slowly coming back. But, you know, I would love to just see it grow. I'd love to see a lot more of our, uh, the one thing I really enjoy is a lot of the high school kids. When I first started, you know, they were high school kids. Now I'm starting to get, you know, seven and eighth, seventh and eighth graders, which is, you know, 14 and 15 they're starting to come in because you know high school sports is getting even even bigger now and i love working with the kids i really enjoy watching these high school kids come in even if they're not athletes i love watching them come in every day in their little groups of four and five and work out because that was me at one time and you know here i am at 52 fixing to be 53 you know and i there's days i feel like back when i was in my 20s uh, you know, I just believe, you know, you treat your body right, you know, it'll eventually, you can't beat father time, but you can sure slow him down. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> on the path to adding in and, and getting to these, you know, eventual goals, do you feel like there's any, um, you know, any obstacles, any bottlenecks that you'll, you'll, you'll need to get through to kind of move on to those next levels? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just, keep doing what we're doing and, and learning. One thing I'll say, I've tried to learn, you know, I, I knew how to lift weights. I didn't really know how to run a bill or business. And I've learned on the fly how to run business. And through that, I've learned how to just like something like this, this is wonderful. This podcast that you've invited me to be on. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely starting to, honestly, I'm starting to watch it and uh, go back and look at what other people have done. And there's some really good ideas. I don't know that they would fly in Lafayette, but you never, but you never know. Uh, you know, I've, you know, I would love to own like anybody. I'd love to own another gym, but this one right here, you know, I don't know if I tried to open another one somewhere, something's got to give because there's just one Brian. Just one Brian. That's right. You got to get that one first, right? You know, I'm impressed at the number of things that you've accomplished, you know, owning multiple gyms. So I would love to do that, but you know, realistically at my, and I'm by far not old, but it, you know, at 52, I'm just now getting this one gym up and running good. Uh, I know, you know, eventually my daughter, I've been kind of priming her to, uh, she can run, she can run this. So maybe she'll open a, a gym somewhere and I can be her partner. It's always cool to hear how often um, people want to make their gym into a family business. And I'll tell you, I don't have exact numbers, but it's way more often that I talk to, to fathers who have daughters that might be interested than fathers that have sons who may be interested. And um, I think that's kind of speaks to a shift in the industry where it used to be very male dominated on the ownership and in most of your members. And I think you said you're at the point where you're probably three to one female to male right now in your membership, right? 
Yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm five foot seven. My son is six foot two. And my daughter, she's about five, five. Now, my son is just naturally, he got the body I wish I'd had. <laughs> I wish I was six two, two twenty without lifting weights, but I'm not. But, you know, he, he does anything I ask him, but he doesn't, he just doesn't love it. Now, my daughter, my daughter has slowly got to where I am. She, she loves it. And she has a little posse with her that they go in there late at night and work out. And, uh, but now I've stayed, one thing I've learned, I stay away. I don't try to tell her anything because she doesn't want to hear it from her daddy. But, you know, she's, she's learned a lot of, like I did. She watches YouTube. She watches, you know, the, uh, the videos on how to do stuff. And uh, so she, she is more interested in the, in the gym. She works for me part-time when she's not in school. And so, you know, eventually, you know, I do see this. I would like to be able to leave this to my kids and, uh, you know, let this be a little bit of a legacy because, you know, since, like I said, I say this all the time, I never chose the iron, the iron chose me. And I think it's kind of chose my daughter. And, uh, and there is, there's a lot of fathers and daughters that come in there and work out. There's a lot of fathers and sons, but it's just different when you're in there with your little girl and she's lifting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brian, we are just about out of time here, sir. I, I appreciate you being on with us. It's been a pleasure. I, I hope things continue to grow for you. I hope to, uh, I hope to touch base with you in the future, check back in, see where things are going. Um, it sounds like you got a solid foundation there and you're just layering on it, you know, see number one goal there, just being good to your people, staying loyal to the area. So I think, um, as we, as we end this here, uh, the biggest thing that I can say from what I, what I see is, uh, the gym business is still a people business. And I think if, uh, if guys like you and, and girls, you know, alike, we're out there owning don't lose sight of the fact that we are dealing with people. It's not just, it's not just memberships. It's not just check-ins that we're all, all going to help chip in, do our part to try to make this a, a better country, right? Healthier, get people happier and living longer, more productive. Yes, sir. I mean, that's, you know, in the end, the members are what allow me to live the life I'm living right now. You know, they're what keep the doors open. You know, you can have the, the shiniest equipment and the nicest building, but if nobody comes into it, what good is it? And so that's, that's my goal. You know, when, uh, when I, when I leave this world, I want to leave, uh, you know, I want to leave it better than I found it. And that's what I just feel like the gym is. It's my, it's my legacy to Macon County and to the people to try to help them, you know, to help them. Uh, improve their life you know there's nothing better than somebody coming in there and telling me how much better they feel after you know two or three three months or even a year you know how much making iron has has changed their life and that's that's my goal as long as I can keep it doing things like that then you know God will bless me and the doors will stay open I believe that you know with all my heart and I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me and I really appreciate Jim Lord's podcast for what they do and try to do for all us little gym owners. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, sorry to say that, that it is, we have reached the end of our time here, but I look forward to keeping in touch in the future. And I thank you for spending a little bit of time with us this afternoon. 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you being with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.